Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Becoming Podcast. I'm so excited for you to tune in today. It's my first official interview, and this is uh, someone that I knew that I wanted to uh, get to know better as soon as I met her. She's a bright light. We met in the yoga world, and as soon as I saw her, I thought, this woman is a badass. She just had the energy, the air. You know that not only has she been through things, but there's an inherent wisdom in her. So I was super excited to sit down and interview her. Um, We talk about life, the hardships, um, what it's like to be a woman of color, what it's like to be a woman of color working her way into the corporate landscape, what it's like to be a woman who's faced a lot of adversity. And in the Me Too era, her conversation with me is so perfect, profound, poignant, and she's doing some incredible work. And I am excited for you to get an opportunity to get to know her, to listen to her story, to listen to wisdom um, coming out of her, and to share together in this conversation what it means to become, what it means to grow, evolve, and really embody our greatest self. So with no further ado, let's get to know Linda Telefero. All right. I'm super excited to be here. Welcome to the Becoming Podcast with me and Fancy. I'm here with a woman who I believe to be a serious badass, and her name is Linda Talaferro. And Linda is, uh, I don't know, she's a corporate bigwig is all I really know, (laughs) and that's enough that's important to me. Um, But um, she's here, and we're going to talk about her story because I think she... I think, and I know, she has a really powerful story, and I think it's worth sharing, and that is the intent here. So, Linda, why don't you tell us a little bit, very briefly, about what we, what you do, because probably most of us don't actually care that much, other than you do something important <laughs> exactly. in a company. Right. right. No, no worries. Uh, well, and thank you. First of all, it is an honor to be on the podcast, on your podcast, truly an honor. So, um, I'm a little nervous, yeah. So <laughs> because this is such a big deal to me. But, um, so, hello, everyone, as in mentioned, I am, um, I'm a, I'm at Meritor. I work for a company called Meritor Incorporated, where we are uh, the leader in suspensions and braking components for commercial vehicles. And I'm actually the vice president of global quality. So I'm responsible for our performance around the world. See, big wig. I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's just start. Um, What I think is so interesting about people who, um, you know, make it this far in their lives, especially num- number one, a woman, number two, a woman of color, number three, you're not 25, right? Um, not that it would be easy to make it at 25, right? right? No, but like, we're it. not in the youthful years anymore either. Right. Um, I just think it's so fascinating how you broke like all of those glass ceilings that took you to get here. And I think that it takes a pretty incredible person to be able to do that. And it also takes, I know, a lot of heartache and struggle Mm. to be the kind of person who's then able to do that, that isn't just handed these opportunities. So I would love to hear a little bit about, um, I like to call them the breadcrumbs or um, the moments in your life that you know um, created strength in you. Um, You don't have to jump right into the hardest stuff, but you can if you want to, Mm because I think it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, But how did you get here, of all places? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, Sometimes I look back and and wonder myself, but uh, I'm, I'm a faith believer, right? So I know that uh, there was a plan for me in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I know that I believe in a higher power, um, and so I feel extremely blessed. 
Uh, but you're right, it was not easy. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, Newcastle, small town. Today, if there are 5,000 people, maybe 10,000 people there, um, but very small town. Um, and in that time of growing up, I had some challenges. So broken home at, at an age of eight. Um, and, you know, at that point right there, when that happened, when my father left, I, I, I immediately thought that I wasn't worthy. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember feeling that way because yeah. I remember constantly trying to get his attention, even just to talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, or to say hello or to want to come pick me up or to come to watch me in color guard or to come to anything, mm-hmm. you know, singing to in the choir. To just give a shit. To just, right, yeah. exactly. To just yeah. show a bit, just an inkling. Do you do you even recognize that I'm here? Yeah. You might not care. Yeah. Right? right. But do you even see, see me? me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I remember that being the beginning of the rest of my early years of where I, Frank, and then I had a mom who, bless her heart, you only get one mother, one father, but my mom was extremely strict. I mean, beyond strict. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have conversations about, you know, boys and relationships. We did. I thought I could get pregnant if a boy hugged me. I mean, it was right. like, it was that crazy, right? right? You know, so we didn't, all I knew is that I didn't want my mother to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in trouble. Because she was, you know, would slap me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kept my head down all the time. Mm-hmm. And I strived to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's no such thing. But that's what I strive to mm-hmm. be. So I was constantly had nervous stomachs, whatever. Constantly ill um, because of that stress yes. level, right? Mm-hmm. First, got a dad who doesn't see you. And then you got a mom who you don't want to be seen. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like, you know, yeah. it, was, it was that kind of household. But, you know, that was, that's what laid the foundation for me. When I even went, you know, become an engineer, the reason why I have a degree in engineering is my mom is one of eight Mm -hmm. and her youngest brother, the only one that went to college. My uncle Chester is the reason why I'm an engineer. My uncle Chester is the reason why I'm the vice president today. He really is that reason. Right. I mean, he would come around visiting. Uh, I'd watch his lifestyle. He was always upbeat. He always traveled around the world drive nice cars, had nice clothes, took care of the family. I wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. So he was that positive light in all that yeah. darkness and stuff that I had around me. So I said I wanted to be like him. And he was in my ear saying, you can be, do whatever you want. So that's the reason why I went to the, one of the top engineering schools, because he said I could, so I did. Mm. Um, he believed in me. I say just one power, one, one person, person yeah. right? One person all it takes is one person to believe in you. Yeah. Although he wasn't there every day, when he would come, it was so impactful mm-hmm. that it made such a difference. He planted the seed, yes, right? absolutely. Like, he did that. Yeah. And so that's why I went to Carnegie Mellon, got my mechanical engineering degree. He always told me, Linda, when you start in your professional career, your goal is to have a seat at the table. Mm. Right? I constant back of my mind, heard that constantly. Yeah. Seat at the table, seat at the table. But I struggled early on, Anne. Though mm-hmm. I struggled because as an engineer young, I was still in that mindset because I had low self-esteem, mm-hmm. low self-confidence, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be seen. I just thought I'd work hard. Right. Right? Perfect. Keep yeah. your head down, stay out of trouble, work yeah. hard. Somebody will notice you and it'll just happen magically. Yeah. Right? Well, no, nobody was noticing this little black girl, but they noticed I worked hard yeah. and they noticed I was good at what I at, at what I was doing, yeah. which was expected. 
Right. To be frank, right? Yeah, well, if you're going to be a black girl in this yeah. world, you exactly. better be okay. awesome. You better be awesome. <laughs> yeah. You better be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you're good at that, that's where we're going to keep you. Yeah. Okay, because you're not advocating for yourself. You seem to, you have no voice. Right. Right? You have no so presence. You have no yeah. presence. Back yeah. to, right. Yeah. So, so that's what my early career, my early career years were like mm-hmm. at GM until an unfortunate situation, which then out of that unfortunate situation, I actually found my voice. Yeah. And and that's when I was sexually harassed by a general manager. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a young engineer, fresh out of college, working hard, mm-hmm. minding my own business, going to Vic Tanny and working out after work yeah. and going to, and he comes in to Vic Tanny and he sees me in a leotard and he decides the next day at work, he's going to talk about that. And he decides to do that often in meetings whenever I'm either presenting or I'm in the room. I even ran into him at restaurants where he would either be drunk or whatever. I mean, it was just the, it was the most, um, I mean, I don't even know if I have word for words for it at 22 years old. And he was a high-level person yeah. at this site, at this plant at GM. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Do I continue to allow him to harass me, disrespect me in meetings? Or do I tell somebody? Right. And face losing your job. And potentially face losing my job. Mm-hmm. So it took a couple months. And I'm tell- I can't say, I'm not going to even pretend like I immediately ran in there and said, hey, he's doing something. No, it took me several months. And it took me, Jim Menifee, there's certain people in my life I'll never forget. Yeah. Jim Menifee, a black man who was a supervisor at a plant, I shared with him what was going on. Mm-hmm. And he said, Linda, you got to tell. And he had been there for over 20 years. He said, you've got to tell. You've got to go to HR. I was like, well, Jim, I'm losing. He said, I'm I'm not sure if you will. Right. He said, but if you do, is this the place you want to be anyway? Right. Right? In this environment. Right. If they fire you because of that. Right. Right? Right. So, hey, I got up one morning, came into the plant, and told somebody. Wow. How did that go down? Long story short. Yeah. He had to come in and apologize to me. They moved him. They didn't move me. This is the 80s. The 80s, yes. I'm glad you said that. I was there from 84 to 87. Wow. Right out of college. So they did that for a 22-year-old yes, black girl. black girl at GM yeah. over a guy who had double-digit years, and he was a general manager. Wow. That's, Salary grade seven that or something. That speaks volumes. Volumes. What, whoever was in charge over there at Absolutely. that time. That was huge. That's when I found my voice. That was an early time to find your voice yes, at 22. it was. Yeah. And it, w- it was life-changing for me yeah. to realize that somebody saw me, yeah. that what I had to say was important, right. and it mattered. Right. Those and are, it I mean, mattered. It was it, huge. Especially, I mean, let's go back to childhood, right? Like, especially being raised in an environment that, you know, you said you're you just wanted your dad to see you and validate you, and you wanted your mother to not see you. So you had all these things about which which way yes, am I going, which, right? Exactly. And I think that's so interesting. So so much of what I think is fascinating is people finding their way to their own soul's purpose, mm-hmm. what they're here for, mm-hmm. right? We might define um, faith or God just slightly differently, but I believe it's the same ultimate truth. Yes. And... Um, I think of those pivot points, right? Like where here was what happened and here was the moment you could have gone this way yes. and turned into the, you know, the mouse yep. and stayed quiet yep. and just took it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Or you could, you were given the opportunity to rise up yep. and say, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not. Right. And I rose. And I can't tell you that. I mean, it was the scariest thing at the time, obviously, right? Uh, right. Uh, scariest thing. So, you know, I, I will, uh, you know, I'll cut to the chase and kind of move a number of years, but that's yeah. when I initially found my voice. And then, you know, had the opportunity to live in, in, in southern Germany, work for Bosch. I left GM, yeah. went to work for Bosch, best decision I ever made. 
lived in Southern Europe. That was another um, breadcrumb, let's say, yeah. right? To get in another part of the world and to see how other people lived. Yeah. Now, that was still in the 80s, in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, I had I had an unfortunate skinhead issue when mm. I was walking in southern Germany and stuff. Yeah, but, that's, but, like, that's like around the wall. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it was the, still the best experience I had uh, from a personal perspective. And I, it, professionally, it, it just took my resume to another level, being global, you know, right. being able to work in another environment. And I spoke the language, too. So I yeah. spoke German. Um, so, it, you know, that was another really critical breadcrumb. But still, as I was going through this part of my career, my personal life still was not where it needed to be. I didn't have still that high level of confidence. Yeah. I unfortunately made some bad decisions in my personal life with relationships. Yeah. I mimicked what I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had an abusive father. Yeah. So I dated guys who were abusive. Right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know any different. I figured that, you know, that's what love. it looked. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Right. That's what it looked like. Until I um had a really negative experience, extremely negative experience. I've married I've been married before, uh, and and thought with childhood sweetheart, uh, and then found out that he had issues with little boys. Oh, man. And uh did not know that till I get a knock at my door one night and it's the cops. Wow. And um it's because he was caught on the camera in a mall in a bathroom. So, I mean, and I, I, Holy I mean, shit. yes, I, and I knew life this crumbling life, life totally crumbling. Yeah. Totally. I mean, just, I mean, crumbled down into the depths of pits that yeah. I, I didn't even know that was, I could go that far down yeah. or that far deep in darkness. I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved this. I mean, I was a teenager, you know, 12, yeah. childhood sweetheart kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, it was, it was devastating. And I didn't know your, I didn't know it was possible for your heart to hurt, for you to have a broken heart and to feel it. I know it's possible. Yes. You can feel a broken heart. Yeah. I felt it yeah. then. Yeah. The pain in my chest was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. During that time with him, uh, you know, trying to help him through his issues legally and then divorcing him. Mm-hmm. And never, I never forget when he came back to see me at my mom's house and, to ask for forgiveness, and then I, my heart—I mean, I just never felt that before. Yeah. But out of that, I got counseling. Mm-hmm. And okay, that's a um, black girl getting yeah. counseling. Yeah, that's Whoa! right. You're breaking, <laughs> Woo! You're breaking I mean, through a God, lot of walls. A lot yeah. of walls, because yeah. in my, you know, in my culture, yeah. You, I mean, I remember talking to my mom about it. And so oh, we're not crazy. What are you doing? I mean, I remember sharing a little bit. Linda, you're not crazy. What are you doing? I was like, whoa, okay, no, share anymore. Linda, keep yeah. that to yourself. Yeah. But I needed that. And, yeah. and Jane Maddox. Wait a second. Oh. We all needed that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at some point in our life, yeah. right? The yeah. stigma around therapy needs to go it away. It needs to go away. Yeah. And it's so bad in my culture. I mean, yeah. it's so freaking bad. And that's why we have so much dysfunctionality. Yeah. So many sick wounded people mm-hmm. that 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 are lost and end up either taking their own lives or hurting other people yeah. because they haven't gotten the help that they needed. I needed that help. I needed yeah. that therapy with Jane Maddox here in Michigan. Never forget that lady. Little short Jewish lady yeah. was the best thing that came in my life, right? Yeah. And I used to think that, oh, she'd read a book, she went to school. Mm-hmm. But she related to me at levels that I didn't think was possible for somebody that didn't look like me. Yeah. 
and isn't that like such a huge lesson that like humanness yes, is universal? It is. And we might have our own setups because of culture and the ways we are raised and the stigmas attached to whatever your culture and upbringing is, but um, the the people who are tapped in and awake, humanness is yes. humanness. Yes. And it's all the same struggle. Yes. And the stories aren't that different. Not, not at the heart. Not at and the heart. Yes. Yeah. And so most true. of us so true. can relate to feeling literally broken from our in our hearts yes. at some point. And I believe firmly it's those those moments of brokenness that are what really break us open yes, yes. to transform. Yes. And if you're not willing to oh go there. Oh, my God. And yeah. you use the word transform. That's yeah. my word for 2019. Love it. Oh, my gosh. So we are so connected <laughs> in so many ways. I knew it when I first met you. I love you today. But anyway, Same. so yes. And that's what's happened with that relationship, that divorce, that experience. It did break me open. And I met – Jane was in – my, you know what? He has a plan for me. Yeah. She was in that path. He knew that's what I needed, and yep. that's what came to me at the time. That was tr- that was the other. That was a major breadcrumb for me, and and changed my life, not just personally but professionally. I really started when I tapped in, did that internal work, realized that there was nothing wrong with me. Right. You know that I was okay, that I'm worthy, yep. that I was good enough, that I'm all those things. Yeah. Right. And I could look in the mirror and love that person. Yeah. Changed for me dramatically. It's then, and I even saw it when I showed up at work. So how old were you then? I was in my uh, mid thirties. Okay. So that's why I shared with you earlier, yeah. it was more my late 30s, 40s, where I, w- I felt like I was becoming, yes. right? Yes. So it was in my mid-30s. And that I could see, I could, I could feel the difference when I walked in, and then the reactions I would get at work were different, yeah. right? Yep. The feedback, the, the validation, which is what it was, yeah. of that transformation was showing up at work. Yeah. More opportunities, more assignments, promotions, things happen. And I connected that all to the fact that, I changed internally. Yeah. I showed up somebody that believed in me. Yeah. Had self-confidence. It then showed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And other people then believed in me. I, they already knew I was good enough of what I did, but they didn't have that connection of the person. Yeah. Right? Which I try. I have a business now called The T where I do career advising for women mm-hmm. and coaching and I help rising professionals establish emotional executive presence to get a seat at the table. And nine times out of ten... Every woman that I've worked with has had that same disconnect. Yes. They've not understood that how things have happened to them personally and how they showed up in their personal life, it's, it's affecting their professional life. Yeah. And that we're, I mean, there, there's so much about how um, everything that happened to us and that the energy we're putting out into the world, people don't. It's that, it's, you know, you can call it law of attraction, you can call it quantum what physics, you can call it science, whatever. you can call it whatever you, you, right. it whatever you want, <laughs> right. it's the same thing, yes. that you get what you put out, yes. right? And until you were able to step into that presence and truly embody your own divine self, yes. right? Yes. That's when that's when worlds and doors change and open up, right? And we spend so much time, I think perfectionism is such Ugh. an epidemic in our culture Gosh. for yes. women. It is. Um, whether you're corporate or not, or you're just trying to get a man or whatever, whatever that you, is. Yes, exactly. And that feeling like if we don't have our um, the appearance of having our shit totally together and being aligned, but that perfection is just keeping you from everything yes, powerful, is. interesting, worthy of, of your life. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. it's just this, I mean, I love Brene Brown's work about oh, the... the what does she call it? I don't know, the 80-pound shield, right? Mm, yeah. But 
people believe that if I do all these things, then I won't have that heartbreak mm-hmm. again. I won't have that brokenness. Yep. Yep. But all you're doing is guarding yes. yourself from actually experiencing life. Like, exactly. Being awake and alive. Life in its fullness and yeah. all the splendor and wonder. And it's when I became comfortable with my lazy eye, mm-hmm. my whatever parts of my my physical being that's not perfect. Yeah. Right? The fact that I can make mistakes and I, hell, I don't know everything. Yeah. Nobody does. Right. And that I and I opened myself up to that. Yeah. My life changed. Yeah. I met a wonderful man. Well, my ex-husband, unfortunately, that didn't work out. But I met a wonderful man in 2001 Mm -hmm. that showed me what love looks like. Right. right? My career was taking off. Yeah. You know, I get a call here at Meritor. Not only did they interview me in 2011 and I walked away, they called me back. You know what I mean? Yeah. For this role. Yeah. And they wanted, I mean, I am the face of Meritor to many customers. Right. This black woman. Yes. Right? With yes. natural hair. Yes. And Meritor is a Fortune 500 company, $4 billion in size, leading in the commercial industry. I'm the face to the customers. And you go all over the world. All over the world. Yeah. China, India, Thailand. I'm everywhere, right? Yeah. Turkey, every, Europe, everywhere. I am the face. Yeah. Around the world to that. Yeah. And I walk in that in in full authenticity, Anne. Who you hear today, Mm -hmm. who you hear, who I'm here with you, who who you guys hear on the podcast today, trust me, that's who Meritor hears day to day. I don't show up here any differently than I am on this podcast. I advocate for women here. I am very vocal about our opportunities within diversity from an inclusion perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about across the gamut, not just for for African-Americans, but across the gamut. I'm, I'm very active in that. And what I what I can tell you is happening is I see a shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, even here, you know, I've got presidents when I present in their staff meetings, I'm presenting not just metrics and how we're performing. I'm presenting uh, a post that I did that's around authentic leadership. Yeah, let's let's break that out a little bit. Okay, yeah. so part of what Linda does is, and that if you follow her on Instagram or LinkedIn, is this seat at the table piece, right? Which is to invite other women of color to figure out, essentially, I'm just guessing, what's in their way and how to get to find their voice and find their presence and yes. get the seat at the table. Absolutely. Right? That's exactly it, Anne. It's a, the business is called the T, the extra effort. And I help anyone. So, yeah, women of color, obviously, we tend to have more of the challenges than others. But all women do, yes. period, in yes. corporate America. I don't care what color you are. And there are some guys that I mentor as well. Yeah. But in my business, that's what I do. Help you get out of your own way. Help you understand how important it is to build relationships. Mm-hmm. You can't just come in and always hit home runs, be good at the task at hand. But you've got to build relationships. Right. And in order to be able to do that, you got to be comfortable with yourself. Right. Self-confidence. Be authentic. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's how you build those relationships and move up. So, yes, that's exactly what I do with the T, which is aside from Meritor. But Meritor is very aware of it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I've seen women change not just their careers, but their lives. Well, one we, is just a reflection of the absolutely, other. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If your life is a hot mess at home and you try to come to work and have your shit together, it's not going to work gonna out. It's not going to work. Right. And if you've had all those challenges growing up, yeah. all that hot mess, all that crap follows yeah. you. Dysfunction. It, all that dysfunction will mm-hmm. follow you until you completely tear it down and get rid of it. So John Kabat-Zinn, who's done a lot of medit, I think he started doing 
meditation and mindfulness for heart patients. I believe mm. that's, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. I read his book. But his the name of one of his books is Wherever You Go, There You Are. Whoa. And it's like... If you don't handle that dysfunction from your life, if you don't look at all those terrible things that happened to you and work, even just unravel it, own it, and stop yes, repressing it. Yes, yes, I'm not yes. saying you have to go to talk therapy no, exactly. and stir no, it no, up no, no. Right, and right, do right, all right, that. Right, right. But you but have to say, it. this is part yes. of who I am. Yes. And if you don't do that, you will just keep running to the next job, the next relationship, the next bad situation. Boom. You got yeah. it. You got it. Yeah. That's and exactly so it. You carry all that in. Exactly. And you get triggered by life. And you get, oh, yes. Over and over, over again. Over and over and over again. And you know what? And I frankly got tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. I mean, I really did. And even to this day, my mother's 90 years old. Yeah. Bless her heart. She's still doing well. There's still some things I don't share with her. Yeah. I mean, because her life is her life. Her generation is her generation. What she went through, what she, you know, that I I get it now. Right. And I don't even harbor any um, malice towards it. I will tell you, I did a cathartic thing for myself a couple years ago and I had to have an honest, difficult, courageous conversation with her. Yeah. And I did it. And it felt phenomenal. And what was her reaction? She sat there and just stared at me. Yeah. Because she, yeah. I mean, she honestly didn't, because. They, she doesn't have the she skills. Did, she or does, co- exactly. No, handle it. And I'm 56, and yeah. how dare I? I know part of her was thinking, how dare you? Yeah. But the other part of her, she didn't know what to think. Yeah. I know that, right? Yeah. And we don't talk about it, but I, I needed to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I needed to do that. I needed to stand for my daughter because she had hurt her. I needed to stand for my husband because she had hurt him. Yep. And I really was standing for myself as well. I needed to show that strength to her. I will tell you, and that was just last, no, two years ago 50 and, and look at that yeah. I'm 55 years old it right? took you to get that and it down. took me yeah. right to get that you know but, I, as you say I'm a badass here at Meritor and I yeah. travel around the world with yeah. this little 90 year old woman yeah. at home and you're, right and you're still and a little still, girl right? yeah and you don't there want to you disappoint go. your mom and I, exactly exactly yep. but I will tell you even that piece although I felt very strong and confident uh before I did that you talk about that just that yep. icing, that little cherry on the top, yep. that did it for me. And I wasn't disrespectful to her. Sure. But I had I had to exercise my voice. And speak your I truth. I had to speak my, yes. And be validated. I had to bring truth. heard. I had to bring truth to power. I, I had to. I love the reminder that shame um, cannot survive the light. Ugh. Right? And so by yes. simply speaking that truth yes. out loud to your mother, taking it out of the closet yes. and into the world, yes. right? Then yes. you become free. The shame dissipates. It's gone. Because it's no longer part of your shame story. No, it and you're, isn't. Right. It isn't. Oh, that's insane. I, I'm going to forget the name. Okay, so there's that show about murder with the powerful black woman who's the lawyer. Oh, how to get away with murder. That's it. Yeah. I remember distinctly. Yeah, that's why she's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, I'm terrible at actress names and no, things. No, no worries. But, um, I remember one scene specifically where she talks to her mom about mm-hmm. her history of abuse and how somebody in her childhood and all of that. Mm-hmm. And her mom was like, how dare you essentially bring that up? Uh, and like that happened to all of us. And you just shove that under the rug essentially is what yep. and like get over yourself. Exactly. You're not special because this happened to you. Exactly. You're not. This is just what that's, happens. See, that's the sickness in our culture. And I... I can't say that it's that different if I think of my grandmother born and raised in Kentucky, Southern Baptist. Uh, okay. Plenty okay. was shoved okay. under the rug. Okay. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But 
I'm not pretending it's the same as African-American culture and the history of slavery and yeah. blackness and yeah. all of that. Yes. I think that you can just compound that by another 10, uh, yeah, 20, yeah. or 100 million. Right, right, right. right. But that moment was so powerful to me that her mom was like, oh, yeah. I don't have any like sympathy or Nothing. empathy for you. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are you bringing it up? And I, I saw that scene, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it actually brought tears to my eyes because I could relate totally. Yeah. Totally relate to that, which is the crux of the character Annalise yeah. and her issues. Yeah. That right there. That points exactly to it. That right there yeah. is the crux of that character's issues, right? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, anyway, so those are some of the breadcrumbs along my journey yeah. of how I got to where I am today. Yeah. And I feel so, it just as if I'm sitting in this chair, as solid as this chair is on this floor, is how solid I am when I stand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I really just, I feel so much... Uh, so much more rooted, grounded, woke, um, mm-hmm. completely present, um, extremely content. Yeah, uh, which is a word that I that uh, an emotion of feeling that I've not had in you know the earlier part of my years. I was yeah. maybe half happy every now and then, yeah. a little joyful, but content. I'm truly content. I have joy in my life. Yeah. I'm really content. Yeah, you I know? just heard this. Um, I think I was listening to an old soul soul conversation with Oprah, my best friend Oprah. Um, <laughs> but she was talking about, um, and I just say that because I've loved her my whole life yes. since I was a kid watching it after yeah. school. Um, but she was talking to um, Devin, somebody, there again, don't know the names, doesn't matter. But what they said is, you know, how do you define success? Mm. And they talked about it as peace, mm. right? A peace and a contentment yes. that is... That is um, that has nothing to do with the normal ideas of success. It doesn't it does have not. to do with money it or status it does not. or any of those things. It's just that piece. So I guess part of my question with that would be if you were to say like what your soul's purpose is, what you're here to do, how are you meant to contribute? Because I think that's the key for so many of us that don't have peace and contentment yes. is we don't know what the hell we're here for. I, and, you know, I said this. I was in Dallas not long ago um, doing a training session for my business, and there's a young woman that I love. I mean, I just met her like, I don't know, five years ago, but I love her beyond um, anything, almost as if she was my own, because she's in almost the same age as my daughter, a little bit older than Alexis. Uh, her name is Jerisha Hawk. And I remember when I met her as a young engineer, she was at Consumers Energy. Now she owns her own business and blowing up. Um, she was struggling as a young woman with um, uh, loving herself, mm-hmm. had, had, had gone through really bad relationships Everything. And I remember saying in Dallas, just this past October, when we were sharing our hearts around a dinner mm-hmm. table, that if I had to go through everything I've gone through in my life again, so that I could be that person for her, yeah. so I could be that, that, that um, support, because her mother gave her away, that support mechanism yeah. for her. I would do it again. Yeah. So I believe that's my purpose. Yeah. My purpose. That's why I believe my business has been so successful with the clients I've had uh, in 2018, the six women I've worked with. That's truly where my passion is. Yeah. I want other people, women in particular, to walk in their full purpose. I want women to stand strongly, confidently, authentically in who they are. Yeah. You know, when she wears her hair out wild, she's got long, beautiful. When she doesn't straighten it, it's just wild and curly. 
you know, I told her, that, that's who you are. You walk in oh, that. Right? I love when I see women you, that just like, they're just owning you it. Just you know? own it. You walk in that. Yeah. You know, you do deserve, she has a wonderful boyfriend now and looking to get married and have family. You deserve that. I mean, she was like, I don't know if I'll ever be a good mom. I don't know. Yes, you will be. So I say to, say to you, what I believe my purpose is, mm-hmm. is exactly what I'm doing in the tea, the extra yeah. effort. And, and exactly being there for women, supporting women along their corporate, or if they allow me their personal journey. Yeah, well, it's one and the a, same. And yeah. it's one and the same, to a level of contentment. I yeah. swear, and, I mean, being abused, being uh, raped, all those things that, all those things that happened to me, talked down, they weren't a joy at all when I reflect on it. Uh, but right. it's made me who I am today, yeah. and I'm able to have these real, authentic, real conversations with other women yeah. and share from a perspective. And when they see my business card and connect that with what they see in the, because I would say my title is what's on the business card. It's not who I am. It's what I do, right? Yeah. And so when they see that and put that connection, then they can, and these little young black girls or Asian girls, India, whoever they are, say that, oh, wow, I can do that, irrespective of what's happened to me, mm-hmm. I can have that kind of life. Yeah. Right? That's what I believe my purpose is. Yeah. I truly believe it. Without yeah. my, and I didn't, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I felt it for years, but it's really connected with me in the past two years since I started this business, that this is what he would have me to do. This is why I'm here. Yes. This is why I went through all of that. Yes. I, I, um, from the, I'm more of the metaphysical perspective, but I, I completely believe that we are at some part of us chooses not, not the human self, the soul spirit self chooses to endure hardships so that we then gain the, really the law of opposites, the strength, the love, the um, self-love, the yes. determination, the courage, the bravery, whatever those qualities are, they're born from that hardship, that, mm-hmm. that ter- those terrible things that happen to you. Yes. Um, you would be less powerful without them because you wouldn't have had to overcome, yes. right? Yes. And the overcoming is what then allows us to, to birth. Be, yes, and become. Yeah, and yes. become, yes. Yes, and, yes, yes. And so just by, by experiencing that and people then witnessing you as such a bright light and you're so awake and you're so authentic it gives courage to other women right there's some quote that like every time you speak for yourself in any environment for as a woman you speak for all other Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. and you were doing that in your business I mean it's there's no doubt to me that like Meritor just you know is the thing Mm -hmm. right but but you're but your side hustle yes, is your heart. It is. And it will endure beyond you. And I love to think, too, of, like, the ways that your life ripples out, right? Those small acts that you did at 22 speaking your voice had a huge ripple effect mm. in the culture of that plant mm-hmm. or wherever you were working yes. back at GM, right? And now with these powerful women, six women whose lives you have forever shifted and changed, that's, like, such a beautiful legacy because they go and then hand that to somebody else. Yes, yes. You know? Thank you. And and it's my heart's desire to spread beyond that. So mm-hmm. I'm really focused. I told you, said earlier, my word for this year is transform in yeah. December. It just kept coming to me, coming to me, transform. You know, yeah. I want to have more of a broader, far-reaching impact in, in transforming yeah. others' lives, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I did a Facebook Live yesterday about, and because I read this post by um, uh, Devin Salvador. 
Salvano, I'm probably mispronouncing his name on LinkedIn, but he talked about moving from compensatory to relational and from transactional to transformational. And I come, oh my gosh, when I read that, it just resonated so much with me because that's really where my heart is this year. And so I'm so focused and I hope that, you know, I can have a little bit more far reaching impact in doing exactly that. So, so here's the last couple of questions that I, that I want to ask. How do you, because I think people are like, that's so great that you, Linda, found your soul's purpose. Best, right? Mm-hmm. How wonderful for you, right? <laughs> right? I have no idea who I am or what I'm supposed to be doing here right. or, um, you know, what it's all about. Yeah. How do you um, help or what are the keys you think in helping people see what they're here for? I think number one for me, I always say like not everybody's going to have like we're not all going to be Oprah and, and create the world in that way, right, right? right? But like how do you feel like you're able to help women or what do you think allowed you to connect with that deep, meaningful connection to life, right? Because that's what it is. You've got, you now ha- are leaving, leading a mm-hmm. meaningful life. You yes. are contributing, right? How do you help people do that? Or what do you think the keys are in your own life that you've witnessed and friends, not even from the business standpoint, any standpoint? Right, right. Well, what, what what's allowed me to do that, I mean, frankly, Anne, is being vulnerable enough to share my story. I, I think the vulnerability piece is mm-hmm. what's allowed me to do. I don't have any shame around it. Right. right? I, I'm, I'm willing to talk about it. And for me, with the, with the women that I have engaged with, or even with the guys that I talk to here, that's one thing that I believe resonates with them is I, I share exactly what has happened with me to me mm-hmm. and how I've overcome that when I see that there's a connection in what they're dealing with. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not something I read in a book. I often right. say that I don't I didn't go to career advisory. I, I'm not yeah. a certified coach. You know what I mean? I don't have these certifications. Yeah. But I, 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 I share tools and methodologies that I had to I used in my own life. Mm-hmm. But it, it's rooted in the vulnerability piece. Yeah. I mean, if you're not willing to, to truly be open and real. And look uh, closely at yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we do in the first couple sessions that I'm working with someone. And a lot of people on the other side of it, I remember one of the people I work with, Kathy Rose, and when she got, she got over on the other side of the 90 days and we were working together, uh, she was like, oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Saying, but today... I mean, she reflects and so happy she did that work. You have to do that that deep dive. Yeah, you got to be willing to do that. Yeah, you can't be scared of it. You got to allow yourself to feel some of it as well, right? Right. You, you have know? to feel because you're going to feel. I mean, it's yeah. gonna, all that's going to come back. But that, it's the vulnerability piece. I think yeah. that's what's made the difference for me. And 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 as I shared earlier, it's definitely not anything I grew up with. No, I mean, not, I mean, I hardly know. know anyone that grew up with vulnerability yeah. as, a, as no, a something. Not at all. Was, yeah. you, you couldn't be vulnerable. You better hide that crap. Put it. You had a bigger yeah. rug. Yeah. That you could, yeah. you know, right. come on, yeah, come on. So you know, can you better go find that dig a hole, put it in the ground there, and walk away from it. And don't ever and whisper don't it. Ever to me. whisper. Don't ever go yeah. back and think you're going to dig that back up again. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew up with. So for me, it was the vulnerability piece. That's what's that's what's made the difference. That's what's allowed me to be able to help others. First of all, help myself. I had to be open enough. Like I said, go realize I needed to go talk to someone. Now, I yeah. could have gone to Jane Maddox and sat there right. and just, you know, said a few words. And went, right. But at some point, I mean, I realized at some point in time, I got to be real with this woman. Yeah. I got to tell her all that ugly stuff, which means I got to say it. Right. I got to your point. I've got to face it, say yeah. it, recognize it, 
own that it happened to me. Right. Own the pieces of it that I'm responsible for in my life. Right. Right. Because I mean, everything's not everybody else's issue. 100%, Some of it, right. Some of it I owned. So yeah. So it was that. It was. And piece. even just with things that are terrible that happened to you, that clearly, like every child who suffered or sur- survived a divorce, right, has mm-hmm. some feeling like I did something mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. and I caused or created that in some way. Yeah. Right. Right. So. I think that um, part of the owning it when terrible things happen isn't that you own the terrible act because no no one deserves those things and there's no sense of ownership in that way about it. But what we do own is then, right, the reaction, the how we allowed that to fester and change us and mute us. Exactly. And that's the piece of reclaiming your power. That's it. That is exactly it. And that's what I talk about owning it. How did I react to that? Understanding it. I mean, I had to get a level of understanding yeah. That it was not me, that it was all this other stuff. And then once I had that level of understanding, then I could say, okay, how am I going to act? How am I going to use this differently in my life? Yeah. Am I going to still allow it to identify me as a child from a broken home? Or am I going to turn that, shift that? Yeah. How can I leverage that, right? Yeah. I always talk about failure when I'm talking about my clients, the fear of failure. Yeah. Rather than letting that completely stifle you and, and hold you back, Use that energy in some way to propel you, yeah. you know, to, to take that fear and use it yeah. in a positive way. Not easy, right? Not easy at all. No. But we go through examples and ways I help them break down that wall of the fear of failure. Same, I had to do the same thing in my personal life, in my professional life. And so that's what I think has made the difference for me. Uh, it was a lot. And I tell people all the time, don't expect that you're going to walk in and flip the switch and it's all going to be done. This is work. Yeah. I mean, you've got to do, as Yanda Van Zant always says, do the work. You've got to do the work. That's the name of my first podcast that I recorded. It was called Do, do the Work. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. Because yep. you do. You. Yep. I mean, it's work. Yep. And I mean, it's work today, tomorrow, every minute, every yeah. hour. You have got to put in the sweat, the effort, and do the work. Yeah. You're, I always, I, I'm worth it. Yes. I am worth that. And it's like you don't just become oh, and no. then it's over. Oh, and right? No, no, like, no. I, I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> it's done. And I don't ever have to no. face any of this bullshit again. Far from it. And I'm never going to suffer again. And no, I'm never going to no. fight with my spouse again. I'm so glad you said gonna that. I'm never going to react again I'm like I always do. so glad you said that. Because yeah. I just because we're sharing where I've been yeah. doesn't mean I'm still not going. Yeah. I still have a place. I'm still on that journey. Yeah, right? You're not done yet. I've not arrived yeah. by far. Right? Yeah. I'm not arrived. I have not arrived by far. I'm I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes. I still have, you know, do things. I'm like, damn, yeah. you know, where, where would that come from, Linda? You know, yes. that, you know I, I, that still happens. We're still humans, it's still, too, on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I work in corporate America. That's right. predominantly run by men. White, White men. men. <laughs> so, I mean, that hasn't changed yet. I mean, there's little pockets. I mean, we see Mary Barr and her. Yeah, yeah. there's little pockets of it. But uh, uh, holistically, still run by women. So yeah. let's be real. It's it's not all a panacea. It yeah. is by far, by far. But the difference is my ability to show up today yep. and the strength that I have today. Yes. And, the, and my ability and my my willingness to take what comes at me and handle it differently digest it differently, and then respond differently. That's the difference. 
today versus 20, 30 years ago. Sure. Right? Yeah. So that's why I, I, I'm ready. You know, I, I'm game. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Right? I'm completely here. And so I think that's what's important, too. We, we can't get to a point where we say, okay, I've checked all those boxes. I did all that work. Okay, now why things aren't perfect every day? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's just yeah. It's not real. So, so. what practices do you have um, that allow you to stay woke? You know, in your daily life, like do you meditate? Do you have quiet? Well, time? well, the way I know met you yeah. <laughs> is um, when I when I'm not traveling all over the world, and or like I shared with you earlier, I hadn't hung out with some people at 56 and can't get up the next morning. <laughs> I go right. Yes. <laughs> I go. I've 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 um, started. I think it's been about two or three years now. I've been going to citizen yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I was going on a more regular basis, then had some knee issues. So now I try to on a regular basis. I have my Saturday mornings where mm-hmm. I'm at citizen yoga on Washington in Royal Oak at eight o'clock. Although my class is not till eight forty five, but I just love the vibe. I love the people. It's where I met and. And so that's that's me. That's what mm-hmm. I do for me every Saturday. And then I even leave there. My ritual is to go to cacao tree, and yeah. I get as that you know. Yeah. And I love that vibe in there too. So yeah. that's what I, I try to do. I, I do yoga. I love reading. Um, I love family time. If mm-hmm. I'm just sitting, like I was on a Saturday, although we were exhausted, with my husband and I sitting on um, the sofa just watching. I don't know, um, great destinations and homes. I don't yeah. know, just mindless yeah. TV. You totally. Know I mean? yeah. You know, and the dog Marcello's there, and we're just chilling, just talking every now and then or dozing mm. off. But it's just that time, yes. right? Just that quality of time together. Love that. Uh, and then I do enjoy, I've got really special people in my life. I used to think growing up, because this was part of being needy, only child, and wanting to be loved, I used to think I had to have all these hosts of hundreds of friends. Yes. You know, I learned some lessons about that that's right? a powerful lesson too. oh my yeah. gosh yeah yes. who's what's really your definition of friends right but anyway i have a couple i have a few very beautiful people in my life that i love spending time with yeah. and so girls will go out and we end up we, we will sit and talk for like five or six hours just laugh yeah. and talk that yeah. I, I love that connection right? and that joy connect- right? yes exactly yeah. and there's no i mean we all the, the four of us show up as we are yeah. we support each other from whatever place we are in our lives at the time there's no judgment we are real though when we need to be we hold that mirror up in front of our each other's faces so I love that depth of that relationship so that's what I do you know for me that's that's what's that's what keeps me I think grounded rooted um you know my daughter family have a granddaughter every now and we see Camille that's a blast yeah so that's what I do I I love love family I love um me time when there was a time and that I didn't like being by myself. Sure. Because you didn't, that's, I mean, yeah. that is the biggest lesson I think I can think of is that if you have a tendency to not want to be alone exactly. or want to be quiet, right. you've got some serious this, stuff yes. you've been shoving down. Yes. And the only yes. way to keep it shoved down that's is right. to keep yourself busy, numb and busy, busy. Uh, yep. and engaged in other things and not looking. Meaning, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Today, I have no problem. Yeah. And there was a time when I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I have no problem yeah. being alone. Oh my gosh, I look forward to it sometimes. Yes, you know, she you goes know. out of town, I'm like, woo! Yes, what am I going to do? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just quiet. I have no problem. Although my, I, I mean, I still kind of busy get things done. And part of that is, oh, I feel bad because I've been gone. I need to clean this. I need yeah. to do that. That's different, right? Yeah. But, you know, but I don't mind being with me. Yeah. I like me. Yeah. 
You know, I really do. So when I'm sitting at Cacao Tree and I'm chatting with them or I go sit and have my breakfast blend, I love that time. I can't wait for Saturday mornings. And when when I'm feeling, (laughs) when I can't get up and go, I'm like, dog, miss my Saturday mornings, you know? Maybe I could just do the reward part. Go to Cacao Tree. Exactly. Go get coffee. And then I, I, you know, I love going to church on Sunday mornings. I go to Triumph Church and it's a... You know, I just, the environment, I have a group of people, we get in there at eight o'clock at night, we chat for 45 minutes and then, you know, I get to worship and hear the word and stuff. That's part, yeah. has been part of my life growing up. Yeah. I've made different choices. Um, when, as I got older, you know, my mother goes to a Baptist church. I'm, I, mine is non-denominational. Yes. I like being around a group of people that may not always look like me. Yes. So I, you know, and those were choices when I started to stand in my own, yes. right? And be my own self and who I am fully. Yeah. That's the, that's the, because sometimes. I'm thinking, why are we so segregated? One day of the week, we're so segregated. What yeah, is that about? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's mm-hmm. weird. But anyway. It is weird. It's so weird. But anyway, it is what it is. But, but religion that's, I, is, is, that's a whole other topic. It's a whole other topic, yes, exactly. Yes, but that, yeah. the faith part of it, I don't call myself religious, Marseille, yeah. but I, I, I am I, I am a, a believer. You yes. know, I, 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 faith is really a huge part of my life. Yeah. And I can, uh, frankly, and I've done it, and people, I can walk in and worship anywhere. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I've walked in places where I know, okay, you've never seen a black person before, <laughs> clearly, but I'm here because it fundamentally, if we're if we're truly about this, it shouldn't matter. No, right? and it fe- you're going in to feed your soul, right? Exactly. That's and the, the rest, perfect. The uh, rest is not matter. Yeah. So, and I'm, I so, can relate to that. Yeah, I was exactly. raised in the church, but there's parts of it I miss. But I always loved the energy, even though I knew it never quite made sense to me yeah. the way that I felt in my soul. Yeah. That I loved the energy the, yes. and the vibe yes. and that and yes. and the connection and, and the, the connection. faith yeah, and yeah, the, okay. knowing there's something here that's bigger just, than me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bringing us all together. all together. Absolutely. All right. So parting words. Parting words. What are your parting words what's your life message what's your what's your you know bring it all home oh my gosh I am no pressure I know right <laughs> so now I feel like I have to come up yeah. with this you no, know really the, profound no quote. but no but yes. no yeah I mean you know that's um I mean truly what I would share is um I mean and I know this might sound hokey it's really just simple uh love yourself yeah I mean find the worth and value of who you are, yeah. you're, there, there is a reason you're here. You know, I mean, this yes. is, there, there's, there's purpose in that. Yes, and, and it may you may never be Oprah or Bill Gates or you know yeah. anybody else, but who you are is is just that fabulous yeah. and that important. Find that value, find that worth, and then don't hide it. You know, it's like, you know, that little song I sung in, in Sunday school, This Little Light of Mine. Oh, that's one of my favorites, right? Linda. I think we're sisters. Oh. Now. That was my favorite one. I still sing that to yes. myself sometimes. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, oh no. no. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's what comes to mind when you ask me that question. Yeah. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm, and I, I, I'd say that for everyone. Yeah. Find that light. It's there. Yep. Uncover it and let it shine. Yep, there is a spark of divinity and existence and beauty within you. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, I Absolutely. love this. Thank you for spending time with me oh, and for sharing it was so much honor. of yourself. It was an honor. I, I was so nervous, but this is cool. <laughs> Just talking. Is cool. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we could talk for three hours, but I appreciate, I appreciate this and you so much. We'll make sure to like put links up to what you do and to oh, your, absolutely. I would your love business. That. Thank and, you. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. Awesome.